An innocent for the guilty. Praise God that he took care of that for us by presenting his innocent son, his only begotten son, on your behalf and on mine. The innocent for the guilty. Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. Our 2019 theme is making disciples as we help our community know God, become family, and impact the world. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Now, here's Pastor Bill. Well, good morning, church. All right. We are learning how to shout to the Lord at Putnam City Baptist Church. Now, notice I said we're learning how to shout to the Lord. We don't have a problem shouting, do we? We can shout at the referee. I know I can. Come on. We can shout at people on the streets. I know we can do that when we're driving a car, but have we learned how to shout to the Lord? We're going to get there in just a moment, but before we do, let's be reminded of a verse that was brought to us during our season of Disciple Now. Jeremiah 29, 7 basically says that where we are planted and where we live, we are to be a blessing to our city. And we are finding ways to do that every single day that we can. One way we can do that is a very important need at John Marshall Middle School. You can see a picture there of the campus. And uh, then you can look in the classroom. And here we find Russell Westbrook. You remember Russell? Uh, Here he is with the kids. And uh, appear that he is saying goodbye, leaving Oklahoma City and leaving them in the dust. But you can see kind of a classroom. See what it kind of looks like there within the school. That school has been through a lot of heartache this year and in times past. They're understaffed and undermanned. They have a converted elementary school that was turned into middle school, and it really isn't the right setting uh, to take care of middle school students. And so in the hallways, when they're passing between classes, when they're going to lunch, it creates a lot of problems. Too many kids get in the hallway, too many kids unsupervised can cause a lot of challenges. And so uh, we went and met with the principal, and the principal has asked us to provide an army to be over there during the weeks. We are recruiting right now for hallway monitors. Now, you don't have to know kung fu. You don't need karate. uh, You don't need a bulletproof vest. You just need a heart for God in our city. And we will be manning those hallways. We'll be doing training in the days ahead. Uh, You'll just be a presence. And simply with an adult in the hallway, it will encourage those students that somebody cares and also that they need to behave. Uh, We'll do that throughout the school day. And also while we're there, We can bring prayer on campus. I know supposedly there's not supposed to be prayer on our school campuses, but there can be at John Marshall Middle School. If you join us and we'll be doing prayer walking through the hallways, we'll be helping watch those students and build relationships with those children as well. If you're interested, uh, there will be a recruiting phase over the next two weeks. If you're available at some time during the day, even if you can donate your lunch hour one day or several days a week, There are sign-up sheets back in the hallway. We will work with the principal to provide training in the next weeks to come. Once that is completed, he will give us an official start date when we will go and seek to be a blessing to our city. If you have your Bibles, though, let's turn. Let's see how else we can bless our city by being the people of God God has created us to be. Go to Psalm 100, our theme verses for the series. Psalm 100, verse 1 says that we are to shout joyfully to the Lord. All the earth gets that privilege, and yet rarely do we take it. Verse 2, we're to serve the Lord with gladness. We're to come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. 
Now, David alludes to a scene that was very common in his day, very uncommon in ours. And we had to go back and we took a look at what the tabernacle looked like, that place where they would meet with God and that place where they would come and confess that they were sinners and they had fallen short of God's glory. We do that as well. We just do it here. They would come, though, and they would have to bring an innocent animal and it would be sacrificed in the courtyard. It would be presented as a substitute for their sin, an innocent for the guilty. Praise God that he took care of that for us by presenting his innocent son, his only begotten son, on your behalf and on mine. The innocent for the guilty. He offered up his life on a cross once and for all, the perfect sacrifice for our sins. David's days, daily they would go in and and at certain festivals and they would constantly be sacrificing and sacrificing because they were constantly sinning. And as they would enter those courtyards, they would bring that sacrifice. But now we know through Christ Jesus, we don't have to bring a critter. We get to bring our praise. Because you see, there's no longer a need for a sacrifice. The sacrifice has already been provided. The sins have already been paid for. Those who received the blood of Jesus over their life. So now we see that we can enter his gates with thanksgiving his courts with praise, and we give thanks to him as we bless his name. Do you know how to bless his name? Or do you know just how to say his name? What does it mean to bless the name of God? We're going to dig into that over the next few weeks. Look at verse 5. As if Tom, these were his original words, for the Lord is good. God is good. We see it right there in Scripture. And how often is he good? He's good all the time. His loving kindness, there it is. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations. It's interesting that God would use David under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to give us this wisdom because if anybody could have got caught up in himself, it would have been David. Matter of fact, in Scripture, uh, it says that during his days, they were singing songs about David. They were singing about how Saul had killed his thousands, but David had killed his Ten thousands. He was Superman, and he was their leader. They sang often to David. They would have parades for David as he and his men would come back, and they would shout out to the king and his warriors because they brought victory to Israel. And yet David doesn't say, guys, you need to sing to me a little more. David reminds them we sing to the one who brings our eternal victory the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The problem is sometimes we forget about who brings us the victory. And sometimes when we wake up, we just live a day where it really is all about me. You say, not in Oklahoma. Of course in Oklahoma. I even have documented video proof that even Oklahomans, Okies, rednecks, struggle with making it about us. I don't know if you watch The Voice from time to time, but there is an Okie who happens to be a judge who happens to be probably one of the more successful judges. Shouldn't be a surprise from Oklahoma, amen. But watch this as Blake Shelton reminds us, sometimes we do make it about me. I've been doing this show a long time. And when season 16 wrapped up, and I saw an article, and I decided right then that I was going to let this article speak for me in this situation. On season 16 of The Voice, but he's still the greatest of all time. Wow. You like to wake up and Google yourself. 
Not only has Blake won more titles than any other coach with six total, he's also had more runners-up and finalists as well. In the past 16 seasons, He's still reading. Shelton has coached the staggering 24 to the finale. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's a lot of arrogance from someone who just lost the voice. Do you want it to be about the coach or about you? Wow. Sometimes we can be like Blake Shelton, not so dramatically. We don't wake up and remind the world, hey guys, you're so lucky to have me in your world, right? And yet the way we live, sometimes we live out that same reality. It is going to be about me today. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to celebrate life the way I want to celebrate it. And we forget about the one who gave us everything, the one who gave us life. And so is it going to be about me or is it going to be about him? Great line at the very end. As they say, do you want it to be about him or about you? What, what about this week? Is it going to be about you or is it going to be about the Lord in your life? Is it going to be about me and my desires or will I learn to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise? Praising God is at the heart of worship. And we know and we see in America every day you can attend a worship service and not worship. You can sing a worship song and still not worship. You can sing a praise song and not praise him. We have churches today that have all kinds of different worship styles, traditional worship, contemporary worship, and yet still there is a lack of worship in the house of God. You can say you worship God and yet not truly worship him in the life that we live. And so we are to enter his courts with praise. This whole month of October, we're going to focus in on what does it mean to praise God? What does it mean to bless his name? As we do that, we'll see in Scripture that worship is designed by God, not by the worship team of your church, not by your religious preferences or backgrounds. It's designed by God Almighty. It is defined by God in his word, which we'll look at, and worship is to be all about him. Let's take a look. We're going to be in the book of Psalms, so... Uh, once you're there in Psalm 100, you'll be able to find every reference we're looking at today. Turn back to Psalm chapter 2 and verse 11. Psalm chapter 2, verse 11, let's dig in. As we learn what it means to enter his courts with praise, we look at this concept of worship. In Psalm chapter 2, verse 11, it says, We're to worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. So look at that verse. There are two components that ought to be a part of your worship in mind. Individually as we worship God with our lives, corporately as we come together to lift our voices to him and to worship him in spirit and truth. The first component is this, there should be reverence. You would never enter the throne room of a king casually. You would come into his presence with great reverence for that authority. Well, the same is true as we enter into the throne room of God, which is exactly what praise does. We'll see that in a minute. We get to enter his presence, not just with thanksgiving, but with our worship and with our praise. And with that, there should be a spirit of reverence, a holy recognition of who he is and who we are. It's interesting, as they would approach King David, 
Nobody would ever come up to King David, march up on the stairs and say, hey, dude, scoot over, man. Let's share the throne. And yet we do that with God all the time. They would reverently bow before that throne and they would acknowledge that he was king and they were not. That's what we do when we worship. Every day I wake up, I have to acknowledge you're king and I'm not. Now, some of you know this. Not everyone knows. My middle name's king. But just because my middle name is king doesn't mean I get to be king. He is the king of kings. Reverence. But then in our praise, there should also be rejoicing. Reverence and rejoicing. What I found is the enemy is very clever to take what God has designed and to pervert it by subtracting or adding. Well, there are those who get the reverent part of worship, but they subtract the rejoicing. There are others that add the rejoicing but forget about the reverence. God's definition and God's design is that we bring both as our heart response to him. Reverence and rejoicing. Go to Psalm 29, verse 2. We've got a lot to dig through this morning. Take a look at Psalm 29 and verse 2. It says there, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. As you look at the first part of verse 2, ascribing to the Lord glory due to his name, what we come to understand is that as we praise God with our lips, with our songs, and with our lives, what we're doing is we are recognizing reverently with rejoicing who God is. That's what praise is. Praise is recognizing God and praising God for who he is. Thanksgiving is recognizing God and praising God for what he does. Do you know who the Lord is? As you dig through the word, as you are walking with God, as God reveals himself through the word and through your daily walk, are you recognizing who God is? Can you praise him for who he is? What if I put the brakes on this morning and said, oh, sermon's over, the rest is just a praise session. We're going to praise his name. Would we get out early today? <laughs> Would we go overtime? Would we still be here tomorrow? Would we be able to praise his name? Somebody give me an example. Praise his name this morning. Would somebody do it? It's not even in my notes. We're just going to do it. Praise his name. Somebody. I hear glory. His name. You're, you're, you're giving hallelujah, but bless his name. Who is he? What, what names has he given in scripture? He is the Lord God Almighty. Can you, okay, now it's going to get too rowdy. I've got to calm it down. We've got to get back to reverend. You guys are going to get going. We could go on day. He's the Lamb of God. He is our champion. He is our victory. He is our life. He is the way. He is the truth. He is we have so many names revealed in Scripture, and sometimes I think we just read the words, and that's all we do is read them. We don't let them manifest themselves in our hearts and become a part of our praise, recognizing God for who he is. Psalm 66, verses 1 through 3 says, Shout joyfully to God in all the earth. Sing the glory of what? His name. Sing the glory of his name. He isn't a God of this world. He is the God, the one and only true God. We sing glory to that name, the name that is above every name. We make his praise glorious. There you see in verse 2 the concept of entering those courts with praise. We make praise glorious. Look at verse 3. And we say to God, how awesome are your works, because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give feigned obedience to you. Now we find in verse 3, thanksgiving. Praise 
with thanksgiving. The psalmist expresses his heart, and he talks about his praise for his God is expressed loudly, reverently, yes, but loudly. He's shouting to the Lord. Nobody showed up at a football stadium yesterday and just did the old Baptist recognition of the play and the score in the end zone. They shouted, they stood to their feet, they raised their hands, they yelled out and gave glory to their team. God forbid that a jersey, a coach, or a ref would get more attention than our God. Amen? I'm preaching to myself. I get it. I understand that. And I say that sometimes we as Baptists have a hard time expressing our hearts. That's only true on Sunday mornings. It's the only time we seem to be reserved in our expressions. In every other aspect of life, we are very expressive and don't mind letting everybody else know what we're thinking and what should be going on, and yet we get all reserved with God. Now, we have to be careful in our worship, I understand. Uh, God gives us truth, and in, we are to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the concept of what is plumb. Anybody who's built a home knows what plumb is. You don't want a house that does this. You want one that is plumb. And anything off the plumb line is called a perversion or a pendulum swing. And what we've seen happen in worship in our culture is we've seen that there was this overextended pendulum swing to complete reverence. The frozen chosen. Those that would show up and being reverent, desiring to be reverent, I'm not judging the heart, but I want you to understand anything off of plumb is considered a perversion of truth. We can be so overly reverent. The Pharisees were trying to be reverent, but they missed God in their worship. Can we? So then, out of that, there was another pendulum swing that came all the way out this way. They got all in this rejoicing and getting as crazy as you can be, as expressive as you can be. Can that be out of bounds as well? Both can be. Both can be off course. So I'm not trying to get us to jump. We used to call it jumping pews. Those are gone. Uh, Jumping the chairs get a little bit more challenging. Uh, I'm not talking about getting crazy with it. I'm talking about getting expressive with it. A holy reverence and a holy rejoicing. And don't let anyone or anything keep you from worshiping him in spirit and in truth. So how do we do that? Well, the book of Psalms was the first hymnal. It is the hymns of our faith. It teaches us how to worship God. And as we go through the book of Psalms, we'll see seven main Hebrew words that teach us how to be more expressive. So I'm going to give you very quickly those seven Hebrew words, give some application, and then the rest of our lives we get to practice, all right? You ready? Take some notes. Here's the first word. It's a big old Hebrew word called tehillah. Tehillah. Sounds like a vacation spot, doesn't it? Take a look at this. As the Bible says, enter his courts with praise. That's the Hebrew word tehillah. Tehillah means that God, or we are to sing unto the king, just like they would the king who would come down a parade. We are to laud and throw our affection on the one who's brought us our victory. So again, as they would enter into that courtyard, remember I taught you that they would come to that altar and they would provide a sacrifice. We don't bring a lamb to church. We don't bring any other substitute. Jesus is our substitute and he has delivered us once and for all. And in that freedom, when we come, we get to worship him and bring the sacrifice of Tehillah. 
our singing, our songs, our praise, our shouts, because no longer am I guilty before the king. He's made me whole. God, Psalm 22, verse 3, Tom alluded to it just a minute ago. It says, God is enthroned on the praises. That word there is Tehillah. On the praises of Israel, God's people. In other words, our praises are what should rightfully be brought before the throne of God, and we actually build a throne that he dwells in. And we are inviting him when we praise God that way, when we are declaring him to be the king and singing our praises to him, we're inviting him to rule and reign over our lives and even our worship. We're coming before his throne, that place where we see his power reigning and we receive our provision. That's why they would approach David. That's why they would approach any king, because they were needy. I don't know about you, but, but in the video of Blake, Clay, Blake Shelton, he doesn't need a lot of help on the voice. He's got it all under control. And I wonder sometimes if we think the very same thing in America. We have money. We have shelter. We have ample food. Who needs God? I do. I'll declare publicly I need him more today than I did yesterday. And that is what we do when we come before the, th the, the throne of who God is. Psalm 34 verse 1 says, again the word Tehillah, His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This word is used 30 times alone in the book of Psalms. You think we ought to figure out what Tehillah is? You think we ought to figure out each day what ought to happen? Matter of fact, there's one for each day of the week. And every day I wake up, I ought to come before the king in his throne and I ought to declare, you're Lord and I'm not. You're the king and I'm not. You're the one who meets every need I have and I can't. Lord, apart from you, I can do absolutely nothing. That's the first Hebrew word. There's another way that we can praise God, another Hebrew word called barak. Barak. It means to kneel down and to bless as an act of adoration. When used in the scripture, it implies that we are expecting to receive a blessing from the Lord, but it's how we approach the Lord. Look at Psalm 95, verse 6. You'll see the word Barak there. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Another way we can express our worship to God is through that reverent spirit of approaching the king and doing what anybody would have done in David's courts, they would approach the king, the very first thing you would always do is you would bow down. Now, why would you do that? By bowing down, you're acknowledging truth. You're acknowledging as the king is sitting there on his throne up above looking down, it recognizes authority. It recognizes reverence. And you come before the king, not eye to eye, not face to face, not as a peer, but humbling yourself and saying, God, I humble myself, I am your servant. And Lord, today I seek your blessing. And how might I serve you in your kingdom? One of the greatest ways you can start with a heart of praise each and every morning is getting on your knees, bowing down before the king. And then later on in the day when you start to rise up and your flesh starts to get all puffed up, you might need to bow again and recognize I'm not the greatest. I don't have all the answers, but God, you do. 
For you see, when we stand tall, that's the spirit of pride. When we stand tall and we stand mighty and we stand all puffed out, when we stand tall, we have a hard fall. For before the fall comes what? Pride. That spirit of praise was addressed in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, when Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. What Jesus was speaking of is those who recognize that they aren't all self-righteous, that spiritually they haven't mastered everything, that they actually have a bankruptcy. If they recognize, God, I have nothing, but you're my everything. That's what it means to Barak, to kneel down, to bless God, and to adore him for who he is because we recognize who we are. A third Hebrew word. You in for all this Hebrew? Come on, stay with it. The third word is halal. Halal is a primary Hebrew word for praise. It's where we get our word what? Hallelujah. It is our declaration. It means to be very clear and bold and to shine brightly. It speaks of a radiant light to show, to rave, and to celebrate. It's to boast like a child on the playground who goes around running around telling everybody, my daddy can whip your daddy. Isn't that right, Houston? Come on. Houston's in the house this morning. He needs to back up that truth. It is a boasting. It is a glory. It's a, it's a belief that my God is great. My God is awesome. And I'm his child. Hallelujah. That's who you get to be. You're no longer a sinner. I hate everybody going around, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're a child of the king now. Yeah, we were sinners. That's the old life. In Christ, we are new creatures. We're a new creation. We're a child of a king. Why don't we live like it? In Psalm 113, verse 1, the word is used there, halal. Praise the Lord. Praise, oh, you servants of the Lord. Praise, three times, the word halal is used there. Declaring that God is awesome and radiating that in our worship and radiating that in our lives of worship. You can even do that in a hallway at John Marshall Middle School. Subliminal message. You can do that at work. You can do that in your neighborhood. You can do that in church on Sunday morning. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. 76 times that word is used in the book of Psalms. Fourth word. We've got to hurry. Shabbat. Shabbat means to address in a loud tone. As if you were at a triumph parade, singing out glory and shouting because you have been delivered. I've told you before, but when I would come home from work, it was awesome when the kids were young. Uh, they'd be missing dad or acting at least like it. Maybe they needed something. Maybe they needed another toy or one something. But they at least at first would come running out, yelling and shouting, Daddy's home. I love those moments. And I'm still glad that even as my children have gotten older, they're not quite as expressive but they still express. We still hug. We still embrace. We still give each other a hard time. But I hope that we never outgrow a childlike faith and a childlike expression. That we never get so mature and so grown up that we just address God as that sovereign one in heaven. But that we'd remember he's our daddy, our heavenly father. And that we could run to him as a child of faith. Psalm 145 verse 4 says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty 
acts. I think one of the tragedies of corporate worship today is a generation gap. Even here we have the challenge of not being able to fit everybody into one space and and now the other generation goes to another worship and it isn't because we want to do that, it's what space does and yet we're still one body, we're still a multi-generational church and we need to make sure that we find ways that we as generations engage in worshiping the one true God. Number five, a fifth word, todah. Todah literally means a confession of thanksgiving. By way of application, it's apparent in the Psalms and everywhere that it's used for thanksgiving to God for things not yet received, as well as what we already have in hand. Let me give you a reference verse. Psalm 100, verse 4. If you're still with me, say uh-huh. Verse 4, look at it. There it is again. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him for what you have and what he is yet to do. Matter of fact, the Bible says we don't have to be anxious for anything, but we make all of our requests known to God, and with thanksgiving, we give him our praise and our prayers. We usually give him our prayers, and then if he does what we told him to do, and he's a good boy, a good God, then we give him our thanks. It's not what Scripture says. We give him our thanks ahead of time because we know he is good all the time. His goodness is everlasting. Sixth word, yada. Yada, dada, da. Here we go. Yada is a verb with a root meaning, which means the extended hand. We had a song earlier that says we stand and we lift our hands. You say, no, we don't. We stand. For half the songs, we sit the other half. There is a way of expressing to God with hands wide open. This doesn't make it praise and worship because I saw people doing this yesterday. That doesn't make it praise and worship of God. And yet there are times where literally you will reach out to the heavens and you will show, my hands are empty, God, and my hands want you. And that's how my kids would come running to me every single day. They didn't come running like this. They came running and hugging. And that's what we can do in our worship. And I say, I, I just not come. That's okay. That doesn't mean you don't love God. But I would encourage you to express your heart and express your love for God. In this case, it does mean that we can throw out our hands and celebrate. You remember as we do and celebrate every Easter season, the Palm Sunday, when Jesus came uh, on that donkey, in on that triumphal entry, they didn't just applaud. They, they were waving, and they were waving those branches, and they were celebrating because their deliverance had come. Man, I wish we could get fired up in that way. Verse 4 of Psalm 63 says this. Thus I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Psalm 134 verse 2 says, lift up your hands. Ooh, ooh, watch this one. In the sanctuary. I didn't make it up. <laughs> lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Praise the Lord. Over 64 times that word is used in the Psalms. Seventh word. We're about to get her done. Zamar. Zar, zamar means to touch the strings. It's used concordantly with instrumental worship. Psalm 21, 13 says, Be thou exalted, O Lord, in thy own strength. So will we sing and praise in thy power. 
It speaks of being also to use instrumentation. I know that there are denominations that don't, or denominations particularly that doesn't believe that. I don't believe scripture teaches that. It says that it's appropriate to use instruments, to use everything that we have, our voices, our hearts, our lips, our instruments to bring praise to God. Say, man, this is not a Baptist. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're not. We're his church. Amen. We're his church, the people of God who have an almighty God who needs all of our worship and all of our praise. So Psalm 150 says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty expanse, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the trumpet sound, and a saxophone in there too, amen? (laughs) Praise him with harp and lyre, praise him with timbrel and dancing, praise him with stringed instruments and pipe, praise him with loud cymbals, praise him with resounding cymbals, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. If you got breath, praise the Lord right now, praise the Lord. Amen. We've got breath. He has given you life. He has blessed you. And in that, every day that we have a breath, we get a chance to bless his name. A bunch of ways you can do it. Find your way and do it well. Let's pray together. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and say, I know there's a God. I'm struggling to know where I stand with God, but I can't praise God because I don't have a relationship with God. That's me. Often I would show up with church, go to church with Cammie, went for eight months every Sunday because I wanted to spend time with Cammie. God wanted me to spend time with him. I would show up and there were songs I had never sung before in my life. If the Beach Boys didn't sing it, I didn't know it. And yet the Baptist boys and the Baptist girls were singing a different song. And I would sing with them. I would sing those songs, but I wasn't worshiping God because I didn't know God. I knew about God, but I never had heard the gospel, and I didn't know how to respond. And then after hearing the gospel, faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. Maybe for someone here today or somebody who's worshiping online with us, maybe today is the day of your salvation, much like it was for me. All of a sudden, everything was made brand new. All of a sudden, I could see it wasn't about knowing about God. I had to know him in my heart. I saw Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says, it's with the heart we have to believe. I've been believing in my head, never in my heart. And maybe that's you today. Maybe today, you need to surrender your heart to God and invite him into your life as your Lord and as your Savior That's first base, and that's where it all begins. And if that's you this morning, we'll stand in a moment. There'll be ministers here at the front. All you have to do is come and take them by the hand and say, would you show me from the scriptures how I can have Jesus in my heart today? We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you find the Jesus that changed our lives. Maybe there's been that day of salvation in your life, but you've not grown in the understanding of heart worship. And maybe today you just have to say, God, I'm... I'm needy. I'm bankrupt. Lord, I pray that my heart would be filled with the joy of my salvation, the joy of your presence. And God, that I would be a worshiper that would worship you in spirit and in truth. Maybe you need a church home where you can worship with other believers. We'd love to receive you as we receive members. Just come to one of our pastors and say, we, we believe God and I believe God is bringing me to PCBC. We'd love to extend our hand of fellowship and celebrate God daily with you as well. If you have another need, 
We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to pray with you. Father God, may this be a holy moment, a holy time of response. As your word accomplishes the purpose in which it's set forth, knowing that it never returns void, whether it's a seed that's planted, a seed that's watered, or a harvest that is brought, God, do it now in Jesus' name. Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels. And visit pcbc.tv podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.